This episode of Star Trek Monthly Monday is brought to you by the smartass who donated us two cents on PayPal twice. Two True Freaks, being a podcast of their word, have said that if you donate any amount, we will say your name on the episode. We will now do that. Your name. Thank you, and enjoy Star Trek Monthly Monday number 31, the Next Generation Edition. and Chris Honeywell. Hello, and we are back with Star Trek Monthly Monday, the 1701D edition, the next generation. I am Chris Honeywell, and I am here with Scott Gardner. Hello. I, I, I love doing the anticipatory pause. Scott Gardner. Hello. Yeah, we're, it's awesome, man. Scott Gardner. Hello. <laughs> and that'll be the whole show for today. We'll uh, do we'll one see more. See you next time. One more. Scott Gardner. Hello. And we'll see you next month on Star Trek <laughs> Monthly Monday. I'm a machine. I'm just positively a machine. I'm a hello yeah. machine. Yeah. Hello. You're a greeter. I'm a greeter. I'm a yeah, Walmart there's a place, greeter. There's a place for you at Walmart when you retire. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it would be awesome if everybody that walked into Walmart went Scott Gardner and you just went, hello. Hello, ladies. <laughs> yeah, hello. Uh, no, I'll be that fat ladies. guy from from uh, Idiocracy going, welcome to Walmart. I love you. Welcome to Walmart. I love you. <laughs> I love that guy. The more I watch that movie, the more I really, really, really love that movie. And hate the rest of the world. Yes. <laughs> it makes me more and more bitter all the time. But. Yes, those uh, are the best movies of all. 
I just but, I love that part though, you know, where it's there it's there it's not Walmart, it's Costco. They go to Costco. Yeah. And they walk in and there's that great big fat guy. He's the he's the Walmart greeter. And he's just going, Welcome to and he looks bored out of his Lob- mind. Lobotomized. Yeah. yeah. And he's going, Welcome to Costco. I love you. Welcome to Costco. I love you. And I was like, that's brilliant because that's the natural progression of the Walmart yeah. greeter. That's Walmart greeter taken to the to the nth level right there. And they're going to want to hug you next. That's yep. going to be the t- terrible thing. You're just going to come in and see this old guy coming up to you just like, come, come on in. I don't care if it's my grandmother as the Walmart greeter. Don't <laughs> fucking touch me. <laughs> don't touch me. I hate that, you know? So yeah, someone's getting decked. Yes, exactly. Yes, you are going to lose teeth if you even have them anymore. Yes, you were about to say, "How the hell did we get to talking about that?" We tangented on the introduction. On the introduction. On you saying hello. Welcome to Two True Freaks. I am talking about Star Trek. Yes, (laughs) we've got two two. Wonderful episodes of The Next Generation. Uh, We're doing so good, I don't even care if we talk about Star Trek The Next Generation (laughs) right now. (laughs) And here I was worried that I wasn't going to have energy for all the podcasting projects we're going to try to tackle this evening. But I I think that my fears have just allayed themselves. It's it's just maybe it's that kind of punchy energy that one gets when one's undernourished, under. Yes. Underrested and uh, yes. underfed and well, living on this that bright. eighty-nine cent <laughs> shit cola that I bought from the store just to uh, try to save money and keep myself going with podcasts. Yeah, like a, a, a generic Mountain Dew, like Mountain Thunder, Mountain <laughs> Spring, <laughs> Doctor Wiz. Doc, we have Doctor. We we have Doctor Thunder here, <laughs> this which makes called- it sounds like it, it's like a laxative. This is Mountain Splash. Mountain Splash. <laughs> Jeez. Mountain Squirts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Chocolate-flavored oh. Mountain Squirts. <laughs> All right. Star Trek The Next it's Generation. It's a party in your pants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and nobody's getting within 15 feet of it. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, this is going to be a silly, silly, silly episode of Star Trek 1701-D. D. D. Next time on Star Trek The Next Generation. Once unleashed, the unit is invincible. The crew is hunted by a computerized killing machine. One of those things off to my ship. Now the Enterprise is targeted for destruction. Return fire! We missed! Backup system's failing! It's a duel to the death with an invincible enemy on Star Trek The Next Generation. All right. Well, right off the bat, you know, I uh, was refining my notes and such today, and I noticed that the synopsis given for the arsenal of freedom taken from the Star Trek companion is once again just it's like a piece of crap. Again, yeah, well, there's a great big glaring error right at the end of it. So, But I'm going to use it anyway because I'm lazy and I didn't want to write up one of my own. So first episode we are looking at is The Arsenal of Freedom aired the week of April 11th, 1988, one day before my birthday in 1988. So I would have been what? Holy shit, I would have been turning 20 the next day. Wow. 
Whew, that was a long time ago. All right. So the Enterprise is sent to the planet Minos to search for the missing USS Drake. The famed world of arms merchants hails the ship with a commercial for weapons. But surprisingly, the sensors show no sentient life on the planet. On Minos, Riker meets the Drake's captain, an old friend, but quickly realizes he is dealing with a holographic projection. It transforms itself into a small flying fighter drone that encases Riker in a stasis field. The drone is destroyed, but increasingly smarter ones appear. While fleeing them, Picard and Dr. Crusher fall into a cavern. She's hurt and they can't get up. They can't get out. I started to say they can't get up. They They fall in and they can't can't get get up. up. (laughs) Above them, Data, Riker, and Yar fight off the drones, but one of them goes uh, into orbit to attack the Enterprise. No, I don't. Does it? I think they. Lo- I think that's a. Diff- I think that's just a drone that they launched at the Enterprise. I don't right. think it's one of the drones for. The- I think it was a special. Yeah, because that model. that's going to come up here in just a moment. Uh, left in command there, LaForge must contend with not only a green helm crew, a green helm crew. Yeah, I guess so. Okay, but also a pompous engineer who wants command. After separating the ship, he leaves orbit to devise a defense. In the cavern, Picard stumbles onto the core of the mess, an automated ultimate defense system, which he realizes was probably responsible for killing the Minosians as well. LaForge pulls a tricky atmospheric tactic to destroy the attacking probe, just as Picard discovers the attack is an automated demonstration and ends it. That was my beef with this. Is that's that, not that's how it act- happened. It's not how it happened. It's actually in reverse order, because one right. of my nitpicks with this episode was... All right. The spoiler. ship's still fighting after he turns it off. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the spoiler is the, the whole episode is resolved because basically the, the whole attack is, is a sales demonstration. And Picard finally outsmarts the computer by telling the computer, all right, you've made a sale. I'll, I'll make the purchase. At which point the demonstration is over and he saves the life of, of the people on the ground. However, the attack in space on the Enterprise is still going on. So I never quite understood that. Why, why didn't that drone just fade away like the other drone did? Why did it continue to seek the, the Enterprise's destruction? That, that never really made sense to me. But other than that, it's a pretty good synopsis, I guess. Yeah. Um, I love the guy who's the hologram is, is a great character actor, was also <laughs> in my favorite movie, One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. He's a weird looking guy. Yeah. What's his name? Do you know what his name is? I don't know his name, no. I don't do that much homework, man. Vincent Schiavelli, is that right? It says Something. the peddler right. guest cast here, and there was only a couple of people in this one. Uh, it says the peddler, Vincent Schiavelli. I guess that must be it. But yeah, he's he's one freaky looking dude, but yeah, I like him in this one. Um what do you, what have you got for this? Uh what do you got as far as notes and such for this one? But do you like oh. this episode? Yeah, I liked it. First off the bat is my first thought was, where are they, Magrathia? I was expecting, like, <laughs> you know, the kick in the warp drive and turn the a missile into a, a giant uh, <laughs> space whale space whale or something. You know, <laughs> that was totally, that totally had that Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, it's really funny when they were talking about Captain Rice, um, Captain Ed Rice of the, <laughs> the SS Drake. <laughs> Um, and they're, they're describing him in his, you know, his Starfleet story was totally the Kobayashi Maru story, just sort of retooled around. He was 
made up to be this sort of Kirk-like guy. Yeah. So, yeah, so that was weird. It was, it was, and then it was just that was just sort of dropped. Well, speaking of things that were just sort of dropped, um, I I love this episode. I think this is a really good one. It's it's a it's an actioner, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I always like to make note of the actioner episodes because you know, for as many episodes as there are of Next Gen, I I can't really think of a whole lot of actioner episodes. They're they're usually more cerebral or more talky. But this one's a really good, you know, fast-paced shoot 'em up episode, and I like that a lot. Yeah, they have to detach a saucer section. You know, the yeah. shit's hitting the fan when that happens. That was getting a little tired by this point too. I noticed that all of the shots of that are—they were all recycled. Yeah, yeah, everything was recycled for that. So yeah, and I think this is the last time it happens for quite a while too. But um, one of the the things that was. I don't know so much dropped is that I don't remember them really ever using it very much was when uh, they're trying to defend against the uh, the drones and the, the drones keep attacking. I noticed that several times um, the ground crew, you know, Tasha and Riker, they would have a steady phaser beam and then sweep the beam until it locked on their target. I mean, so they're basically using the phaser beams like a flashlight, yeah. you know, to shoot it. And why don't they do that all the time? I mean, that was one of our complaints in a, in a different episode is that they don't do that. And it seems like they have that ability to just have a steady phaser beam and sweep it. So I don't understand why they wouldn't do that all the time. Because later on, we'll see, you know, the one that really stands out in my mind is like... Uh, generations for example they're having that standoff with malcolm mcdowell in that busted up space station and they're missing shots all over the friggin place if you have the ability to just sweep your phaser beam why the hell wouldn't you use it in a, in a phaser fight like that and instead they shoot everything but malcolm mcdowell yeah, exactly that, you know <laughs> well once again we're reminded that that um Deanna Troy is just useless. I have the exact note. Troy is useless is one of my notes. You know, they're like, there's no life forms on the planet. What does she say? What happened to all the people? (laughs) Yeah, that's very helpful. She might as well just have gone like, you're some people gonna die? (laughs) It was just, it was just like, shut up. What are you, you know, what do you, you know? And then when Jordy, you know, just leave jo- poor Jordy alone. She's just like Jordy, Jordy. Are you scared? You're doing good, Jordy. Jordy, Jordy. <laughs> right. How do you feel, Jordy? Jordy. It's just like shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. As Captain, I say, go to your room. Well, she spends, you know, the first half of the episode just kind of scowling and pissy with everybody because there's a part where she says something stupid to. Picard, when Picard says he's going down to the planet, she says something like, well, I don't want you to go to the planet. And he's like, noted, and walks away, and there's a cut yeah. her looking like, you know, she's she's just really pissed off. And there's a lot of little moments like that that keep cutting to her facial reaction, and she's always making some stupid face, you know? And then the one scene where she actually has something to say is when Jordy is at this critical junction where he's just ordered the ship separated, he goes to the ready room to kind of get his composure a little bit and gather his... And there she is, still. yeah. And she comes in to ride his ass at this moment where... You know, it's, it's like the extreme crisis moment, and she comes in to give him a bunch of psychobabble bullshit about, you know, 
you know, make sure that you're not too hard on, you know, Fred and Barney that are at the helm in navigation because, you know, they're rookies. And it's like, is is this really the best time for your bullshit? Shut up and go away, you know? I mean, well, she does this whole thing of where she makes him seem like she's criticizing him, and then he gets defensive, and then she's like, well, no, you're actually doing well. And it's just like, Ugh. well, you know, why get them all, you know, it's that's right. something you do That's something you do when you're just fucking around, you know? Right. Oh, I'm just fucking with you, Jordy. You're doing great, you know? <laughs> Not when the you're separating the saucer and you of people going to die. Right. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> And just as another sort of joke mention, doesn't Beverly Crusher's hair and like her tunic when she's like, you know, when you see her from behind, doesn't she resemble sort of Dr. Zaius from Planet of the Apes? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one who noticed that. Do you notice the uh, the very, very shaky cam work at the very beginning of the episode where you know, after the commercial, you know, after the the credit, the opening credits, mm-hmm. and where the commercial, the first set of commercials would have been, it comes back to the episode, and it open, you know, it fades in on the planet's surface, and then there's a camera pan that's like to the right and upward before the words, you know, for, before the name of the episode appears on the screen. It's really shaky. I mean, you can tell it was on a. Uh, what do they call that? You know, the, the track even surface. Yeah. 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 It, it was, it's very shaky. Cause that, that sort of thing always catches my eye. Cause there's a really bad one like that in the, uh, I don't know if it's in the theatrical version, but it's definitely in one of the, like the extended versions of Supergirl when they're on Krypton right at the beginning of the movie, after the opening credits, there's this long pan around like the Kryptonopolis or whatever the fuck the name of that city's supposed Argo city. That's it. And it's shaky as hell through the whole thing. And it was the same sort of thing in this. I was like, man, you're making me dizzy with all this shaking around. Um, my wife was watching this one with me. And she caught something. I never really thought about it before. I thought it was funny. You know, in the original in the original series, you know, we had uh, Chief Engineer Scotty. This one, we this episode, we get Chief Engineer Logan. Those are my kids' names. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> I thought that was cool, although the, the Logan in this one's kind of a dick. Kind of a dick, yeah. <laughs> uh, just, did you see where uh, Data flings Tasha? Yes. I thought that was hilarious. That's awesome. Yeah. That, that's one of those moments you, you need to dub like uh, Fire Sign Theory. Hey, come here, dummy. And <laughs> Yeah, take this dummy, but I don't think that was a dummy. I think that was an actual stunt woman in this. Right. And that was quite a dive. There's a couple like um, Picard and um, and uh, Beverly Crusher's dive into that hole is pretty. Uh, he flips. He does a flip, yeah, yeah, as he goes in, and he's okay. But she's the one that gets all screwed up. <laughs> he landed on her. Speaking of which, when Data <laughs> falls down the hole, I mean that looks like it's a huge drop, and when he hits the ground. There, it's a real quick cut where it looks like, for one, he almost lands on Dr. Crusher, who's already all screwed up. Yeah. But then they cut it really quick where it looks like the actor, the, the stuntman, may have actually stumbled on her. And I, I, yeah, and I was like, Jesus, Data, you know? <laughs> Yay! Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> At least she wouldn't be passing out then. That would definitely wake her up. 
He does. If you watch that that again, that part where he falls down into the hole, I mean, he almost lands on her. I thought that was very funny. There's a, you know, it's an actioner, but those drones really, those drones couldn't take. You'd think once of all those drone attacks, the first shot would hit somebody because they catch them by surprise every time. Right. They know the drones are attacking because, like, all of a sudden they start shooting, and the drones are just like. They're just sitting in one position, and the drones are like just sort of like, uh, fire over here, uh, fire over here, right. over here. Is anybody over here? So, I don't know. I don't. You never really find out what happened to the SS Drake either. Or, you know, I mean, you assume that they got wiped out. You know. Yeah. Since they they had a whole. Gra- I like I like um, Riker's joke about he's from the 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 lollipop. <laughs> it's, it's a, a good, good ship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although you gotta wonder, you know, you gotta wonder if Shirley Temple would still be something that you know somebody would know about in, in that time period. Oh, of course, because all their culture is based in the 20th century. <laughs> it's Star 20th Trek. century stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Forget those other centuries that have come in between. Uh, all their, they just had shitty cultures they just yeah they just started reusing 20th century culture immediately that's what we're doing right now in the 21st century we're just starting it <laughs> there's a, a line in here i forget who's talking i think it must be uh the engineer logan says to jordy something about you can't fight what you can't see and i think he even says something about uh being blinded or something i just thought that was like you you are aware of who you're talking to right exactly and you see that barrette on his on his eyes right you know show show a little bit of compassion there dude (laughs) i thought there was some really good uh music in this episode too i need to look and see if this is on those uh i couldn't i forgot a full scored episode yeah i forgot to check and see if uh if this was a ron jones one or not i'll be checking soon enough (laughs) yeah yeah i really liked the music in this one now you would think the captain of all people would know better that you know you're on a planet of weapons that have killed everybody apparently and they're trying to kill you that if you come across uh, come across a machine all covered with dirt and sticks and everything else, and there's a, a red button flashing on it, I don't know that I'd be wanting to push that button. Right. Picard, <laughs> on it's a the planet with no people on a ghost planet. <laughs> right. It's the first thing he does. He's like, "I found a machine, and there's a button flashing," and then he pushes the button. I'm like, "Dude, that could have been a bomb. You know, it could have been a disintegrator ray or a giant down, robot yeah. or you know anything." Could have been the planetary self-destruct button for all you know. But that was, I mean, as it turns out, he would have needed to push the button. But still, you know, it's like there's not even a, a moment of, you know, typically in a show like this, you'd get that moment of, you know, should I or shouldn't I? And then, you know, especially on Next Gen, you know, where usually they'll talk about it for half exactly. an hour before they push the button, you know. But that's about all I got on this. I really do enjoy this episode. And it wasn't until... I got through this episode and started right into the next one that I realized that I think a lot of the reason I really, really like this one, there's no Wesley in it. Oh, you're next, right. Yeah, the next episode starts with a shot of Wesley on the bridge. I was like, that's why the last episode was so good. <laughs> now I remember. What well, else? Shall we got? move Anything? on? No, oh, yeah, that's we about go all right I got. The next one. All right, cool. 
on the next episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. Set course to intersect with the freighter. A split-second rescue pulls survivors from a fiery disaster. Do you think our visitors pose a threat? I don't know. Only to find bitter enemies battling over life-saving drugs. Now, their desperate feud becomes a deadly face-off. It will take us to our planet and leave us there with our medicine or this person dies. On Star Trek The Next Generation. The next one is called Symbiosis, but I'm renaming that one to Planet of the Potheads. Dude. dude. I have similar notes. They are so <laughs> stoned on this planet. Dude. All right, so Symbiosis aired the week of April 18th, 1988. And synopsis on this one, while studying drastic solar flares around De- Delos? 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 I don't know. I didn't really catch the name of the planet in this one. Dude, who cares, man? (laughs) Dude. (laughs) The Enterprise picks up... Planet Tokos, man. Planet Bongovia. (laughs) The Enterprise picks up a confusing distress call from a disabled freighter (laughs) in uh, in the system. Only four of its six passengers are beamed away in time because the crew members insist on sending over the cargo for Save the Stash, man. Bummer, dude. Flush that shit. <laughs> the survivors are flush from... it. It's the space cops, man. <laughs> the survivors are from two neighboring worlds, Breca or and or, or Nara, and the cargo is Felicium, a drug grown only on Breca, which cures a two hundred year old or Naran or Nara. Pla- God, why can't they have like normal names? Uh, the plague on the other planet. Exactly. The two haggard or, or Narans. Demand the shipment. The Breckians insist the deal's off. The desperate Ornarans convince Picard to mediate. He gets them one dose apiece. But Dr. Crusher realizes that the quote-unquote cure is a narcotic. The Breckians have kept the unknowing Anarans addicted for profit for two centuries. They got a good deal going, I think. Yeah, they do. Crusher demands to let the Ornarans know, but Picard cites the prime directive. Of course he does. He does find a solution to the dilemma, however. He refuses, flip the page, to repair the Ornaran's remaining freighters. Now no trade in the low-technology system will occur in the Ornaran's, although uh, they will suffer withdrawal, will conquer their addiction. How the hell do they know that? Because I'm thinking that the other dudes, the Breckians, will just step up and say, you know what, we got some ships we'll let you use, you know? They're not going to just... I mean, it's their sole industry. They're not going to just let the other guys break their addiction, if you know, if at all possible. Yeah. You know what I mean? They'll they'll find a way around this, this problem, you know? It this, doesn't matter if it only happens in one part of the world. Right. Then the rest of that world will figure it out, and man, will they be pissed. <laughs> Especially after going through withdrawals, and that's the thing about withdrawals is withdrawals can kill you, right? And, I was and, I was and, gonna and ask you just about the social, just what would come of a society if everybody went on withdrawals at the same time and were writhing around, literally writhing. I mean, obviously they were comparing it to, to heroin because these guys were just like twitchy heroin. You know, they were skinny and. And drawn out, and you know when you know feeling sick, and then they get a hold of it, and the sweats wear off, and they're all like, "Ooh, dude!" So, but, for a yeah. change, we have an episode on which you are the expert opinion. 
Well, I don't have much. I don't have much experience with heroin myself, other than like seeing movies about it. I've known some people who were on heroin, but not intimately to like know what their routine. You know what their routine of it was. I think most of the people that I've known that I found out were doing heroin were doing it on the download because they probably weren't too proud of it. But yeah, I mean. Heroin with addiction. I mean, sometimes people who have a lot of money, they go and have themselves put into an artificial coma because <laughs> right. it's so unpleasant, you know. And uh, I mean, you if they if they stepped in like as a med, you know, that's the thing is the Federation's always stepping in in medical emergencies and stuff. Right. You know, if they could step in in a medical emergency and, and all it would have to do, all they would have to do is come up with a plan to slowly wean, you know, have the people still taking the drug, but slowly lowering the dosage so that you don't have this, you know, I mean, there's the society's not going to run for whatever period of time it takes to, to, you know, work that shit out of your system, which I think is a matter of days, you know. Right. It would be very unpleasant, and, and when it was done, that whole society would be really pissed, and there'd probably be a lot of damage to it, too. Right. But at the same time, at the same time, you know, it was sort of a bad situation for Picard because if he if he let let the one society in on what was going on, the other society was doomed because they had no other way of supporting themselves. And and so, you know, I think he was trying to get it so that they were both in trouble so that so that the the society would be that was producing the drugs would say, "Hey, look, you know, because the society that was on the drugs seemed to have also forgotten how to work all their machinery and all that stuff. Either that or they were just so wasted. I was half expecting them when, in the beginning when Picard's having that, you know, that stilted conversation with them. I was half expecting them to go like, do you guys have anything to eat over there? <laughs> You guys got food over there? I'm kind of hungry. You guys got chips or something? Doritos, yeah. Do you have Doritos yeah. over there? Uh, it It's not a bad episode. It's just kind of a boring episode. I, I don't think it's a particularly... You know, there's not, like, any action pieces or anything like that. It's very preachy on the anti-drug oh, thing and all that. Well, that there's... Well, I mean, the, the I mean, the anti-drug message is just like shooting fish in a in a barrel. You know, it's right. it's a no-brainer. And there's that whole after-school special moment with Wesley Crusher where it's like, right. This is crack, rock cocaine. It isn't glamorous or cool or kid stuff. It's the most addictive kind of cocaine, and it can kill you. What's really bad is nobody knows how much it takes. So every time you use it, you risk dying. It isn't worth it. Look, everybody wants to be cool. But doing it with crack isn't just wrong. It could be dead wrong. 
Gee, doctor, what is addiction? Well, Wesley, uh, you know, and it's just... Uh. There's something in here that you need to, to pull out and you need to sample into some sort of, like, little short, like, rap-style thing where, where Tasha says, <laughs> Drugs make you feel good. I'm just surprised I've never heard that pulled out and sampled before because you well, that, could completely take it out of context. Well, just I, I saw that and I was just like, oh, yeah, that's right. Tasha was probably in, in Tasha's experiences on the planet when she was when the rape gangs were chasing her. She was probably <laughs> doing some drugs to escape from that. <laughs> right. Yeah. That there. So she was probably speaking from experience. But I just don't understand why Crusher didn't recognize what was going on. I mean. I, I thought I, that I knew at this first was too, but then I thought, you know, they're supposed to be hundreds of years removed from these kind of problems. So, in a way, it would be like modern doctors not recognizing the early symptoms of some disease that was eradicated around in hundred years, years ago. Yeah, you yeah. Know? That, uh, that's I guess that that was. But wh- another thing that I wonder is, okay, there's a sh- shortage of this medicine. And, you know, this is the only source of it. Can't the Enterprise just whip up that stuff in their, you know, like in their, like their food? That's how I thought this one ended. I thought this one ended with, with uh, Crusher either coming up with a cure or turning the, uh, the stash into some sort of placebo. That's how I thought the episode ended. I was kind of surprised that it ended with Picard letting them take the dope with them and, and just telling him, well, we're not going to fix your car, basically. You know? I thought this was going to be a totally different episode than it was. Yeah. Because when you say, no, it's that drug addiction one, I thought it was the one with the video game. Remember that oh, one? They put the yeah, little video game on their one. head? Yeah. yeah. And the little worm things, like, eat dots and stuff. I thought it was going to be that one, and I remember seeing that one and going, "This one was a really good. It yeah, was a good. It was a play on addiction, but it was also a play on like video game addiction. Right? You know? yeah, everybody gets addicted to space Pac-Man, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, it's like, that is a good one. And that's what I thought was coming up, and then and I'm watching the beginning of it, and I'm like, I seem to remember a whole lot of people with this game, not six people on the ship. And then after right. you know about five minutes, I realize, oh, I'm thinking this is a different drug episode of star trek once it gets rolling i i don't think it's a bad episode but all of my nitpicks and i have quite a few of them they all happen in the setup to this episode because there's just a lot of stupid shit and a lot of stupid dialogue in the beginning of this because once again miss useless steps up to tell picard uh, you know they fly into what is it? They're going to look at some pretty star, or some stupid shit, and they're, they're they right. like get right up on the star, and it's taxing the shields and the deflectors, and everybody's you know in danger of dying of instant cancer or some fucking thing. And she you know goes to the captain and says, you know, the level of tension on this ship has just jumped up. It's like no shit, you know. I mean, I I can tell you, I I know that, you know. I'm, and 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 you know what? And so what? <laughs> That's what you get for being on a starship that goes and explores where no man has gone before. Right. But there was one moment, and damn, I wish I'd taken a better note on it. There was one moment where he was basically asking, you know, doing the thing that makes me the absolute craziest when it comes to Picard, that rather than be the captain, he does that stupid thing where he looks at everybody and goes, options. He doesn't say that exactly in this, but he does 
kind of say it. You know, he, he kind of right. looked at everybody. Well, what do you think? You know, which is like, no, you're the captain, dude. You, do, you don't do that. It undermines your authority. But anyway, he has a moment like that. And my note for that was just simply, here's a really good idea. Why don't we just get the fuck out of here? You know? I mean, you're having all these system-wide problems. You're getting lethal yeah. doses of x-rays. The Let's back are up. Failing. Maybe we maybe had just had to back off a, a few thousand miles, you know? It's Something not an important like mission. It's just no. like, hey, look what's going on over here. And then instantly, right after that, he gets on the, the ship-wide intercom and says something stupid to the effect of... You know, I know that I'm putting every single human being on the ship at risk, but we're getting great video up here. I yeah, mean, yeah, it, yeah. It, the the line is pretty much to that effect. It's something to the effect of we're getting a splendid view or something. And I'm thinking that's excellent, dude. But you know, I'm you know I'm Joe Latrine officer down in the bowels of the ship, and uh, I don't yeah. give a rat's ass about how great your big screen looks right now. Why don't we get the hell out of here? Because I don't want to die. I'm getting all the radiation and I'm scrubbing the fucking toilet right now. So right. you tell me how great this is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, then, you know, they, they get the uh, Arnarans or whatever the stupid name is on the on the intercom and they're completely stoned out and wasted and everything. And, you know, they're all like, dude. You know, I'm, what? I'm so fucking wasted right now. Yeah, whatever yeah. you say, man. Yeah. <laughs> Dave's not here. And Riker are constantly doing that, you know, that looking at each other, you know, and you can tell. And they even at one point, they, you know, they hush I'm up. I'm waiting the, for the um, face palm, actually, is right. what I'm and, waiting for. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. Aren't you the same assholes that are always preaching how tolerant you are of other cultures and how wonderful it is that... You know, you're out there learning about, you know, new life forms and you have to be tolerant and, you know, we're all yeah. going to get along and kumbaya. You should yeah, be excited. Fine, you're but... about to learn about space pot, man. You know? <laughs> it's like, hey, man, let's beam these guys over. I want what some of what they got. You know, I want Starfleet to call me up and be like, status report card. What? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> It's it's just it's that ugly American thing, you know. They're yeah. fine when they meet a race that's pretty much just us, you know, and everybody's you know normal. But then when they get to you know these guys, the the you know Planet of the Stoners, well, cut them a slack, cut them some slack. Their ship is getting all fucked up from these solar flares. Maybe the solar flares are boggling their mind too. Maybe they're half in shock yeah. or something, you know. Yeah. And I instead really it's like, somebody, oh, look at these morons. Right. I really thought that somebody like Data, for example, might throw that out as an option of, you know, Captain, they're not really stupid. It's just, you know, the, the x-rays are making them dumb or, you know, something, you know, the, it, one line of dialogue could have sort of patched that sequence up. And instead you get, you know, like 10 minutes of Picard going, what are these people, stupid? You know, and it was just very awkward. Uh, the whole scene just didn't play quite quite right somehow but uh i think the biggest thing for me walking away from this episode is it it, it just gives me kind of a melancholic feeling because uh, Merritt buttrick didn't look good at all no so he you looked could, like a drug addict is yeah yeah and he uh 
according to the companion here, it says he died about a year later. I think it was actually less than that. I, th- I want to say it was within a few months of when this episode went up. But but yeah, he uh, he did not look good at all. And then the other guy, um, I don't know what the character's name was in the episode, but uh, of the other race. You oh, know, the man, woman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, that guy. <laughs> no, no, not the Aryan guy. The other stoner. Yeah, the Aryan guy. That was uh, Khan's right-hand man from Star Trek Two. So you had two oh. Star Trek Two alums in the same episode, because you know Merritt Buttrick was was David Marcus, but that you know the Aryan guy that was uh, you, you. It's either Joaquin or Joachim. I'm not sure if it's an M N or an M, but you know Khan's right-hand guy, the one that speaks up and goes, "No, sir." You have Genesis, and then Khan throws him against the mm-hmm. against the control panel. Full power, damn you! <laughs> <laughs> hey, that was a pretty good uh, Ricardo. Yeah. And this one, he's like the space superfly. I'm gonna I'm gonna write J.J. Abrams and tell him I want to be Khan in the new movie. Ooh, yeah, typecast. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. I want to be one of the creatures that crawls in people's ears. <laughs> You're already one of the creatures that crawls in people's <laughs> exactly. ears. Exactly. Last thing on this one is uh, probably every Star Trek geek out there listening to this already knows that, but on the off chance that you don't, this is actually um, Denise Crosby's last episode. It... Um, she kicks a little ass in this one. Yeah. She's a, kind of a badass in this one. Yeah. We'll, uh, we will see Troy, or excuse me, Tasha, rather, for one more episode. But this was actually the last one that she filmed because the last scene with Tasha in it in this episode is when uh, Picard and um, Dr. Crusher are walking out of that cargo bay. And as the doors are closing, if you look behind them, you can see Tasha wave goodbye to the, uh, to the audience. It's pretty cool. I always like that part. I did not know. I'm going to have to go back and watch that. Yeah. It's, it's pretty neat, but that's pretty much all I got on this one. I, you know, it's not a bad episode. It's just not a thrill a minute episode either. You know, after the big actioner that preceded it, you know, I, I could have gone with a little bit more, you know, let's blow some shit up. Yeah, you seemed really disappointed about this episode last time, but it didn't seem to work out as badly as I thought it was going to. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought this one was worse than it was. I, I remembered this one being just like really, really dull. And it was kind of dull, but it wasn't like, you know, mind-numbingly boring yes. or anything like that. It was just kind of one of the slower episodes and that that girl looked very familiar to me the the blonde haired yes the, she the, did i could yes, she did her. she looked a lot like the love interest from psycho 3 the one that that norman you know she she was the the, the nun the nun who yeah the runaway nun mm-hmm. she looked nun a lot like her yeah yeah but i don't think it is her but she looked a lot like her and I think that's who I kept thinking that she might be, but I, I don't think it is actually that actress. I have no idea what that actress's name is, but but I've seen I've definitely seen her in something else. I've seen that's, her before. I think that's about all I got. And you know, I did uh, I did a little homework a couple of days ago. I went on to uh, Mike's Amazing World of DC Comics because I was looking to see. I was interested to know. 
when exactly are we going to start covering the uh, the Star Trek The Next Generation comics? You know, that, that second series, that Baxter series? Because I've heard really good things about that, and I'm kind of anxious to get into it. And I know that uh, on the cover of, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's the, the cover of the very first issue, that Dr. Pulaski was on it. So I just assumed that that series started concurrently with the, with second, the second season s- and that we would be jumping on that with the second season. Well, it turns out that the series, the comic book series actually starts in the break between seasons two and three. So <laughs> we're comic free for a good long stretch yet. So yeah. be cool. <laughs> So we'll just be doing uh, straight up episodes for a while, but we have uh, two more episodes, uh, you know, show episodes to do before we are all wrapped up with uh, with season one of season Star one. Trek: Next Generation. But next the beard time is coming. Yeah, next time around, we've got one of my absolute favorite episodes of the entire series: Skin of Evil. Great, great episode. And then another episode I really don't remember shit about, which was We'll Always Have Paris. I don't remember that one at all. And then after that, the uh, next episode beyond that. Oh, the caca hits the space yeah. caca hits the space fan. Yeah. So we, we got an exciting couple yeah. episodes coming up. Yeah, we got Conspiracy, excellent episode, and then we have The Neutral Zone. Again, I must say, one of my favorite episodes of the entire series. So, yeah, we got some good stuff coming along here with uh, Star Trek Monthly Monday Next Generation Edition. So, hope you guys enjoyed it and hope you will continue to join us. Yeah, and if you want to watch along, you know, you can go to Amazon.com and buy every season of Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm-hmm. It's all available there. We even have our own little Tutu Freak store set up, and I've got all the next generation stuff in various packages selected there for your convenience. But yeah, always remember if you're shopping at Amazon, go through the Tutu Freaks website. Please. Please. I know you people stay, uh, you know, that you lay awake in bed all night long some nights thinking, wondering How what could you could do help? for us. Yeah, how can I help two true freaks? How can I help those poor suffering assholes? Well, there you go. That's how you can help us out. Whenever you buy things on Amazon.com, go through the two true freaks link. We get a little, you know, percentage of a little little cut. Doesn't cost you anything extra, but it certainly helps us out. And we really appreciate it. Yes, we love it. We love it. <laughs> Welcome to Amazon. I love you. (laughs) Did you know... You can sponsor an episode of this or any other of your favorite Two True Freaks affiliated shows. That's right. Simply click the PayPal link on our website, donate any amount at all, tell us which show you're choosing and what message, if any, you'd like us to read on your behalf, and you will be an official sponsor of that show's very next episode, with your message read in the show's opener. It's that easy. 
and there is no minimum donation. Be a show sponsor today. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.libson.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. Libsyn is spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Join our forum at forumforgeeks.com where you can discuss all of the shows on our feed with us and your fellow listeners. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. Dumbass. And hey, you can friend me, Scott Gardner, on Facebook too. My name is spelled S-C-O-T-T-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. You can friend me on Facebook too, if you can find me. Now available, Two True Freaks t-shirts. See our website for details. Two True Freaks is a very proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can check that out at www.comicspodcast.com, where you can hear our new episodes when we put them up. We are also members of the League of Comic Book Podcasts. For more information, visit comicbooknoise.com league. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of... Two True Freaks. Two True Freaks has been brought to you today by Damanzo Corps of Milan, Italy, and by the letters F and U.